Funding for Think comes from SMU Continuing and Professional Education. You're listening to Think on KERA 90.1. I'm Chris Boyd. What is life like for introverts in a culture that can seem dominated by people on the other end of the spectrum? As my guest today will tell us, she spent years worried that her need for solitude to energize and ground herself meant she must be socially stunted or something, or a snob. But after looking into what really it means to be an introvert, she began to think of her temperament not as a character flaw or a liability, but as a gift. Sophia Dembling writes the Introvert's Corner blog for Psychology Today. Her new book is called The Introvert's Way, Living a Quiet Life in a Noisy World. Sophia, welcome to Think. Thanks so much for having me. First of all, what does it mean to be an introvert? Well, that's a definition that's evolving. And one of the qualities that introverts are most interested in um, owning is the idea of energy and psychic energy and how much energy you put out versus how much energy you take in and where your energy comes from. Extroverts tend to get their energy being around people. Introverts tend to be drained of energy being around people and need solitude to develop, um, to, to get their energy up. It applies to socializing, but it's not about being shy. It's not about being socially inept. Shyness is a fear. Shyness is when you want to be around people, but you're fearful to be around people. Introversion is a motivation. It's how much you desire and need to be around people. And I think those are the qualities that introverts are happiest to own. So shyness and introversion are not mutually exclusive, but they're also not necessarily linked. You could also be extroverted and shy. You could be extroverted and shy. Those people have kind of a hard time of it because they do want to be around people. And yes, you can be introverted and shy, certainly plenty of people are. I happen to not be shy and be introverted, which is why people are often surprised to hear that I'm introverted. I did uh, a little informal survey on Facebook today uh, asking my friends, and and a a number of people said exactly that. Um, You might not know this, but I'm actually, I really feel like an introvert. Other people said, um, I feel like an introvert, but my job requires me to act like an extrovert. Well, that's one of the confusing aspects for other people is that we can behave as extroverts. You know, there is being an extrovert and there's behaving as an extrovert. And I can get out there and behave as an extrovert quite easily. I can hold, you know, forth at a dinner party or that kind of thing. The difference is, is after, say, an evening or a day of being an, an extrovert, I need to lock myself into the house for a while. <laughs> just just kind of recharge and, and relax in solitude. Completely shut down, yeah. And the more, a, a full weekend of socializing and being an extrovert, and I might need several days before I sort of feel myself again. I was struck by something you said, which was that you don't go to parties to meet new people. You enjoy them if you are spending time with people you already know pretty well. Yeah, that's parties are a funny thing. Some introverts would just rather eat nails than go to parties. I do like parties. There's sort of a sweet spot of size, you know, a party of 20 people in which I know most of them mm-hmm. is absolutely the best. Dinner parties are nice. But no, I'm I'm in really terrible at mingling and I'm okay meeting people, but I'm not very good at chit-chat. Introverts tend to be uh, not enjoy shallow chit-chat very much. So a big party can put me in a catatonic state. I just, I walk in and I shut down. I would much rather be in a small party with people I know that I can have real conversations with rather than sort of getting to know you chit-chat. Do most people understand this about you or do you occasionally have to, you know, find yourself having to explain to someone, by the way, don't take this personally, but I got to get out of here. 
Well, I don't. Unless it's somebody close, I don't bother explaining, mm-hmm. and I will. I have been known to just vanish from parties pretty pretty frequently. The larger the party is, the easier it is to just disappear. And I have a few friends that I finally had to sort of explain, or who have figured out over time. But that's one of the that's one of the um, struggles introverts have is people tend to take it personally if you want alone time. Or another um, bone of contention is the telephone. A lot of introverts dislike the telephone. I happen to loathe the telephone. Why? Well, it's it's kind of intrusive. It feels a little bit like I'm shackled Mm -hmm. when I'm on the telephone. I don't like um, the way it sort of jumps out at you and demands your attention. So when I have friends, I have a lot of friends all over the country that I want to talk to at length, I'll make an appointment and we'll we'll schedule our calls. And then I can sort of clear my head and clear the decks and clear um, time to really be able to focus. I find also introverts' brains, it it appears, there's research in the brains is kind of young now of, of introverts, but it appears our brains tend to be kind of busy all the time. Mm-hmm. And unless I'm ready and focused to be on the telephone, I can be very easily distracted by what I was doing before or by what is happening around me. So I really need to force my focus into the telephone. I often find that playing really silly computer games like Free Cell or Bubble Spinner has a way of sort of calming my mind down while Hmm. I'm on the phone and focusing me a little bit better. Introverts also tend to have a hard time switching gears very quickly. If I'm concentrating on one thing and the phone rings, it, it's like an alarm clock going off in the morning. It, it, it kind of pulls me away and it's very hard for me to change my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about this. I was trying to figure out exactly what percentage of the population might be extroverts and introverts, and the numbers seem to be all, all over the map. Uh, yeah, all over the place. Uh, Dr. Lori Helgo, who uh, wrote a book that kind of inspired me called Intro- Introvert Power, crunched the numbers and found that introverts appear to be a slight majority hmm. rather than a minority. But, you know, extroverts are louder, so they get their way <laughs> more often. You know, I, I also wonder if people don't always know themselves. Oh, I think that's really, really true. One of the comments I hear on my blog a lot is, gosh, I had no idea, or I thought I was weird, or, um, you know, because we can behave as extroverts, we don't really make the connection that if if it exhausts us, we might be introverts. And I, I think that's absolutely true that people don't necessarily know. One thing that I know that you have dealt with that other people who are quite introverted uh, deal with is is this idea that people assume that you must be very aloof or a snob or you think you're better than them just because you're not actively engaging. Um, talk about how that misperception has affected you personally and, and other people you know who are introverts. Gosh, I hate that one. I mm-hmm. really do because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a snob. I think that when people see you sitting back and watching rather than getting on the dance floor, you know, metaphorically, they assume that you're sitting and watching and judging. And I, I'm not. I'm, I, I enjoy watching. That's, uh, as, as, um, that's part of the fun for me. That is the fun for me. And it does. It makes me feel a little self-conscious when I think, well, I'd better get in there and put on my dog and pony show, which is what I think of as being extroverted, or I'm going to make a bad impression, or they're going to think I'm a snob. And that's rarely the case. I mean, I, I, I say that we 
introverts tend to really like people so much that we want to get to really know them as opposed mm-hmm. to have a lot of superficial interactions. That's really interesting. And and the other thing that you're not doing necessarily if you're sitting and watching people on the dance floor is feeling lonely and miserable and wishing <laughs> you're not wishing for someone to pull you out with them. Boy, are we ever not wishing for somebody to pull you out on the pull us out on the dance floor. No, it's really not. And I'm always happy when people sit down to chat with me at a party if I'm if I'm sitting on my own. I'm not necessarily waiting for them to do so. Um, I'm happy when they do so. And no, it's it's I don't get lonely particularly. Not not in the microcosm. How did you come to understand that you are this thing called an introvert? I mean, I, I would imagine as a child you had a lot of these experiences but didn't quite know what to call them or what to do with them. Well it was really until I I, I always sort of thought of myself as an introvert because I knew I liked to read and I knew I could, I'm very good at being alone. I've done a lot of solo travel and I enjoy that very, very much. It wasn't until I started reading about introversion a couple of years ago and started looking at all the other characteristics, the the energy um, aspect and the um, the sort of the way I function in the world that I really began to understand. But yes, it's true. I as a young as a teenager especially I was. My best friend was very extroverted, and I always felt like there must be something sort of pathetic about me because we would walk into a room and she would sparkle, and I'd just kind of, you know, slink Hello. into Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly. <laughs> um, what, what about that? I mean, is it is it more effort for you to, to maintain close friendships with extroverts, or when you're one-on-one, do things sort of level off? One-on-one is fine. I think that with a lot of a lot of the problem with introvert extrovert friendships is extroverts don't realize that one on one is preferable mm-hmm. for us and there tends to be a more the merrier attitude and so you know one on one get togethers can suddenly turn into you know hey i invited this person or you know we met this person or that person and suddenly it's it's larger you know, and again, the the idea that maybe you're rejecting them when you decide you need to be alone can be difficult, and that's the kind of thing you just have to explain. Um, how have scientists understood um, what introversion is, and the fact that you are entirely mentally healthy, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, or I suppose I should say everyone can be mentally healthy, whether <laughs> introvert or extrovert? Um, because it, for a while there was concern that somehow this was not right. Yeah, yeah, that it was kind of serial killerish. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when somebody's murdered, it's like, oh, he was very quiet. Yeah, he kept to himself. Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, science is just sort of coming around to understanding introversion, extroversion. Um, you know, it has been thought of, introversion has been thought of as the absence of extroversion. Hmm. Um, so it was sort of perceived as a lack as opposed of as opposed to taking up its own space. And so it, they're starting to understand that it's a different way of being. People are starting to study it differently. It's been studied as shyness a lot. And so a lot of the research that exists already is using shyness and introversion interchangeably. And so there, of course, of course introversion would come across as a problem because shyness is a, is a fearful behavior. One of the problems with science and, and introversion is that this whole concept of psychic energy inward versus psychic energy outward, which is something that we sort of understand at a gut level. How do you study that? How do you measure it? What is mm-hmm. it? Scientists, science doesn't know yet what it is to measure to begin to understand what the difference is. 
between inward and outward. Are there particular um, professions that that are ideal for introverts? I mean, you as a writer, I would think in some ways it's ideal because you can you gain that energy from sort of being in your own head and you can work at your own pace and and interact when you choose with other people. It is. You know, there's there's a pros and cons because for introverts in fields like mine where you work alone, for for me, the default is always sort of stay home. Mm -hmm. The default is not go out. And so it's very easy to get isolated. Uh, So some of these independent type fields, you have to sort of force yourself to not become isolated. But really, there are introverts in pretty much every field. They're in theater, and and, uh, that's good because they're putting on – it's it's a matter of partly of controlling your airspace. Hmm. And so you can get up on stage. I can get up and do public speaking. But because I'm deciding what I'm saying yeah. and I don't have people throwing words at me, I'm I'm fine. So teachers, there's a lot of teachers who are fine with it because, again, they're kind of controlling their airspace. There are a lot of, you know, people like computer programmers and engineers. That's that's a very introverted uh, sort of field. But I, I really don't think that there's any field, maybe sales, but I think there are plenty of introverted salespeople. I don't think there's any field that introverts would not be perfectly good at. My guest is Sophia Demling. She writes the Introverts Corner blog for Psychology Today, and she's got a new book out called The Introverts Way, Living a Quiet Life in a Noisy World. We invite you now to join the conversation. You can call in to 1-800-933-5372, ask a question or share an experience, or you're also welcome to send email to think at kera.org. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Funding for Think comes from SMU Continuing and Professional Education. Investing in your education can pay big dividends. SMU Certificate Program and Financial Planning could help. You can earn a CFP certificate at SMU starting in January. Details online at cfp.smu.edu. You're listening to Think on KERA 90.1. I'm Chris Boyd. My guest this hour is author Sophia Dembling. She writes the Introvert's Corner blog for Psychology Today, and she has a new book out called The Introvert's Way, Living a Quiet Life in a Noisy World. Join the conversation at 1-800-933-5372 or send email to think at kera.org. Another thing that happened in my informal survey today, Sophia, was a friend said, I just don't feel like the world values introverts. Like somehow extroverts are, are to be praised and, and everyone assumes introverts are a little off. Do you, have you experienced that? I think that's true. And I also hear that a lot from introverts. I think that's changing. I think there's something that some people call the introvert, the 
positive movement, mm-hmm. of which I'm part, that is starting to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, there is something of value here. And I think that ties in, too, to that whole concept of introversion not being just the absence of extroversion. That makes it a nothing. That makes it a, a negative, a, 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 something missing. And as we start really paying attention to our own introversion and deciding ourselves what's valuable, because I think we ourselves have been convinced that what we have is problematic. And as we start figuring out and sort of asserting our introversion somewhat more aggressively, if quietly, then others will start understanding it as well. So um, in addition to looking at the book, I was looking at your blog, and I know you get a lot of response to the things that you write. And I wonder if, if your sense is that the sort of social media revolution is good for introverts because you get to respond and interact pretty much on your own terms. It, it seems to be. Yeah, I joke about the uh, introverts corner got very successful very quickly because introverts are all at home sitting in front of their computers. <laughs> so, yes, I get a huge response. And, and what I love is that they talk amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just sort of talking to me or getting their vo- voices out there. But yeah, I have a I have a quite a lively social life online. As my friends who are probably listening know, I'm on Facebook constantly. And I think that it is very helpful because we tend to like writing. Uh, We like the chance to formulate our thoughts at our own pace Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to jump in with conversation. Um, And it allows us to be both alone and not alone. And I think it's I think it's been a great benefit as long as you don't isolate. Again, that's that's one of the risks is that you forget that solitude can slip into isolation. And I think that's one thing I, I stress to introverts to pay attention to. Yeah. And you talk about even the need to keep up friendships and um, sort of push yourself sometimes to be the one who, who makes the invitation. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting sort of epiphany I had is that introverts, they find themselves hanging out with extroverts a lot because extroverts tend to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And so all the introverts are sort of sitting at home waiting for the other introverts to find them and invite <laughs> them to do things. Right. And I suddenly realized and, – and I was guilty of the same thing. And I suddenly realized, no, no, we have to take uh, – responsibility for our own social life, or we will end up with extroverts all the time just by default. 1-800-933-5372 is our telephone number. Let's speak with David in Dallas. Hi, David. Hi, Chris. How are you? Great. Thank you. I love your show. Thank you. Um, I have a question for uh, Sophia. Okay. Um, I've I've always, uh, I'm 50 years old, and I was um, always very shy. Or not really shy, but introverted, and well, a little shy. And so, um, throughout the years, I've I've learned more and more about it. And I finally was um, diagnosed with ADD in my um, late twenties. And then finally, when I was forty-seven, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And uh, my question is, what is the difference between introversion and mild autism or Asperger's syndrome? Thanks for your call. I love that question. There is one theorist out there who believes that introversion is on the non-clinical end of the autism scale. Hmm. And I think that's an incredibly interesting um, theory. There's there's no no research on it yet, but I think that it's plausible. And I, I don't know that I could say what the actual differences are, but I think that sensory issues are appear to be part of introversion. And that's where we get into that. So I think it's it's entirely possible that autism or Asperger's, which I think they've dropped that term, they're not going to use it anymore, Asperger's, is just a little more 
down the scale or up the scale, depending on your view of it, Mm -hmm. from non-clinical introversion. 1-800-933-5372 is our number. The email address is think at org. We have an email here from Jennifer in Parker County who uh, says she's reading the book now. She's both an introvert and a highly sensitive person, or HSP. She says, but I've known about these traits for only a couple of years. It was a relief to learn these things at first, but now I find myself in that angry phase you described so well in the quiet riot chapter. Yeah, there are a lot of really pissed off introverts out there. I I, I try not to... uh I try not to fan flames there because I, there's there's some misanthropes among introverts and people tend to get those mixed up too. But a lot of introverts have not only heard it from society, but have heard from their families from the time they were very young that they need to be different. Mm-hmm. And to suddenly start thinking, oh, maybe there's nothing wrong with this. Anger bubbles forward at all those people who tried to tell them to be different. And I suppose people need to be reminded there's a big difference between not wanting to hang out with people at the moment and having no friends. Yes, yes. There's a big difference between not wanting to hang out with people at the moment. There's also a lot of people think that the more friends you have, the better or the more likable you are or there's something sad about having just a couple of friends. Or And introverts tend to prefer a f- couple of few good friendships and I have, you know, core group and then a lot of acquaintances. Um and there's nothing wrong with that. It, it can get thrown up in their faces. And I imagine it's particularly hard in high school and college when social peers are so very important. Um, but no, it's, it's not necessarily the same thing as being lonely. 1-800-933-5372 is our telephone number. Next on the phone, we have Marco in Fort Worth. Hi, Marco. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Well, i got to tell you, I, I, I was listening to the program, and, and I listened to your guests start talking about all the the, uh, you know, interesting uh, ways introverts are, and I'm coming to the realization that's, that's kind of exactly what I was, and, and I never knew that. <laughs> and, and I guess the thing that made me think about it is that I've always been in high, high visibility sales jobs all my life, and, and I've always had a very hard time uh, uh, dealing kind of in that environment. I've been very successful at it, but at the same time, I go home at the end of the day, and I'm very kind of drained with, with from my energy, having to deal with people all day, and and so my question to your guest is, you know, since I'm in this field and I'm realizing that I'm an introvert, you know, what are the strategies on, on, on kind of dealing with uh, your environment so that you can kind of, you know, get rid of that, you know, need to go home at night and just absolutely be alone and, and, and feel like your energy is completely gone? Thanks for your call. Great, great question. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with needing to go home and be alone, uh, if you feel really drained and feel really bad, yeah, you want to try to manage that. But there's nothing wrong with the way we are. One thing I would suggest is look for all the ways during the day that you can take some downtime. I, I write a whole. I talk a lot about the bathroom. The, every introvert knows what it's like to go hide in the bathroom, especially at parties. If you need to get away, you just take a walk around the block. You get into. You go to the bathroom. You eat lunch alone if you can, and find ways throughout the day to get alone time. And those little micro bursts of alone time can kind of help you get through the rest of the day. And the other thing is that. Once you start becoming aware of your introversion, you start becoming aware of what its strengths are. So, for example, 
networking events, I'm going to fail at them. I'm not good at them. I don't mingle. I'm not good with cocktail parties. So I tend to avoid them because I think it would not do me any good. Right. You know, unless it's a small dinner type thing. But if I meet somebody, I'm very good with a follow-up email, mm-hmm. you know, if I meet somebody interesting. So you start paying attention to how you are most effective and focusing on that instead of trying to compete, compete in extrovert arenas. Granted, this is a radio station, but I, I have had colleagues who put their headphones on during the day in their cubicle when they're listening to nothing, just to kind of say, don't disturb me unless it's really important right now. Absolutely. That's great on airplanes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, <laughs> actually a perfect tip. Better yeah. than pretending you're asleep the whole time. Yeah, yeah. 1-800-933-5372 is our telephone number. Um, we have an email here from Susanna who says, how do you handle it when you're an introvert and your husband and children are extroverts? What's the best way to tell them that when you ask for alone time, it doesn't mean you don't want to spend time with them. You just want some time by yourself. Well, it's a tough one. I, I had one guy who wrote in and said he had a hard time. I think he ended up divorce, but he had a hard time because his wife thought alone meant alone with her. Uh And she could never quite understand that alone meant alone. I think it's just a matter of explaining it gently over and over and over again until it it works out. It's funny. I I wrote a chapter about, I, I don't have children, but about parenting. And I thought about it in terms of introverted if your child is an introvert and giving them space to be an introvert. But I think it might actually be more challenging if you're an introverted parent with extroverted children. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because you don't want to shut your kids out. But sometimes one woman said she uh, would have contests in the car to see if her son could be quiet for 10 minutes. You know, (laughs) and he would win something if he did. So, but I think that it's just a matter of explaining and I love you, but... Um, And this is not, you know, I'm not trying to escape you, but I need quiet time. And what I tell also introverts is that to explain to people that you're a lot more fun when you've had adequate quiet time. Mm -hmm. You know, people get a little, introverts get a little crabby when they're overextended. And if you start pointing that out to your family and saying, yeah, see, this is what happens, then they might eventually start telling you to go away and be alone when you're getting cranky. You've written about this, the things that well-meaning extroverts do, thinking they're helping you or teaching you the right way to be that are really like exactly the opposite of what they ought to be doing. Yes, like dra- grabbing your arm and dragging you onto the dance floor. Right. It just, it, it's, and it makes, it, it does, it, it makes us cranky. It makes us angry. How, how does someone know? Should someone be able to sort of spot? Because maybe there's an extrovert out there who's lonely at the edge of the dance floor. Just go up and ask someone, hey, do you want to dance instead of just sort well, of exactly. You? Yeah, and take no for an answer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I write about, too, leaving parties. Leaving mm-hmm. parties can be very difficult because everybody wants to convince you one of two things. Either the entire party is going to collapse in despondence <laughs> because you've left or yeah. you're going to miss the greatest time of your life. And so you get a lot of pressure to stay. And really, neither of those things are going to happen. I think for kids in college, who I do hear a lot from, that's particularly risky because that tends to make them stay and drink. Mm -hmm. They try to drink their way to extroversion, and it usually doesn't work. And um, I say just slip out. If you can, just slip out. Or one, One blog I read gave great advice. She said, 
don't go out looking tired. Go out waving and air kissing like you're on your way to something else. Right. Like you've got another party that you mm-hmm. must absolutely must attend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe a party with your couch and a yes, bowl of popcorn. Exactly. 1-800-933-5372 is our telephone number. We have Rami on the line next in Dallas. Hi, Rami. Hi. Uh, great show and a great topic. Um, I guess last few years, I feel like I've become increasingly more introverted, and uh, uh, I, I, maybe it's just the uh, the, uh, uh, the social groups around me or, or whatever. But uh, uh, can you be? Uh, are you born an introvert, or is that something that you may develop over the years based on your environment? Thanks for your call. What do we know about that, Sophia? Well, <clears throat> it is believed that we are born introverted. And again, that's in personality psychology, there's something called stable traits. And these are five traits that tend to remain stable throughout your lifetime. If you're an introvert as a little child, you're bound to be an introvert when you're older. And so, yes, it is believed that it's inborn. I don't think they have the science to prove it. I don't think they see it in the brains yet, but I think they're they're going in that way, in that direction. Um, and I think that maybe I don't know if we become more introverted as much as we indulge our introversion more mm-hmm. as we get older. Because you get older and you think, well, this is who I am, and you're not as anxious to please other people. Yeah, there's something about turning 40 that allows you to do what you want to do. <laughs> it's great. 50 even more so. 1-800-933-5372 is our telephone number. You can also send email to think at org. Kyle wants to know, do introverts tend to be more sensitive than extroverts, such as easily getting their feelings hurt? Oh, boy, we do hear that a lot. I've heard that my whole life, too sensitive. I don't know. I don't think I know the answer to that. It seems likely because we tend to think very hard mm-hmm. and um, look for the nuances and look for the gray. And so it, it's possible, but I don't know if that would actually be an introverted trait. That's interesting. It makes sense in, in, if that is the case or maybe the case that, you know, you go home thinking about an interaction that, that maybe an extrovert has forgotten all about, um, not because they don't care, but because they've, they're on to something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and extroverts get a lot of um, approval for their behavior all the time. Whereas introverts, not so much. You know, it, it's easy to see what extroverts want. They want interaction. They want attention a lot of times. They want connection. It's not so easy to see what introverts want. And so we don't really get strokes for being who we are. We don't get rewarded for being introverts. So it could be that something negative has sounds louder to us. I heard from a couple of my girlfriends in my informal survey, one who said, I'm an introvert, but I sort of wish I was an extrovert. And another said, I'm an extrovert, but boy, I wish I could take back some of my, uh, some of my extroversion, uh, you know, in my, in my callow youth and, and be a little more introverted. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I read somewhere that um, introverts, for example, can be very good at um, giving presentations because we tend to think things through and, and prepare, mm-hmm. whereas extroverts are more likely to get up there and Wing speak it. off the cuff mm-hmm. and can be a little bit loose cannon-like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's good to be a, a deep thinker um, ahead of time. On the other hand, does that make it tough when you inevitably have to do something at the last second? And how do you sort of get yourself through that situation? 
you just put your head down and go. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it, it can. It can. I am not a, a particularly spontaneous person, and I think that's a quality I do kind of admire in extroverts. Introverts tend to n- not turn on a dime, you know, speaking wildly general generalities here. And so, yeah, you just have to trust yourself, I think. It really is just a matter of saying, all right, you know, I have to do this the world's not going to end and nothing's going to explode. And so put your head down and go. Sophia Dembling is here. She is an author who writes the Introverts Corner blog for Psychology Today. And she has a brand new book out called The Introverts Way, Living a Quiet Life in a Noisy World. Join us at 1-800-933-5372 or send email to think at kera.org. Funding for Think comes from SMU Continuing and Professional Education. Investing in your education can pay big dividends. SMU Certificate Program in Financial Planning could help. You can earn a CFP certificate at SMU starting in January. Details online at cfp.smu.edu. You're listening to Think on KERA 90.1. I'm Chris Boyd. Author Sophia Dembling is my guest. You can find her blog, The Introvert's Corner, on Psychology Today's website. You can also read her book. It's called The Introvert's Way, Living a Quiet Life in a Noisy World. If you would like to join the conversation, send email to think at kera.org. An email here from Nancy in McKinney writes, I'm sitting outside on the steps of my office all by myself listening to this program. How introverted is that? I was emancipated the day I took the Myers-Briggs and learned I was an introvert. My mother used to punish me for not being, and this is in quotes, friendlier. Oh, that makes me so sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom was real disappointed that I wasn't a fling myself in her arms with squeals kind of little girl. And again, that's one of the sort, and and, and it cuts deep. I have heard from adults who said my mother, just like this uh, writer, my mother would say these things. And it sets up this sort of lifetime struggle with your own nature. It's like they took it personally, even though, you know, Nancy was a child um, and your mother was the adult. It it felt personal to them. It absolutely feels personal. And that's one of the struggles that we all have um, with our loved ones and introversion is making clear, as somebody else asked about her family, that it's not personal, that it's about me. It's not about you. Does this run in families as far as we can tell? I don't know the answer to that, but I love the question. Now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the phones now. I'm making you take a lot of phone calls today after we just talked about how much you hate it. But uh, uh, we have Casey on the line in Dallas. Hello, Casey. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, and amazing topic, amazing uh, you know, topic to talk about. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is I am an extrovert, and I am right to the party whenever I go out. I love throwing parties and, and all that stuff. And when I got married and uh, my wife, now now I know what what she is and why she is the way she is. And she would actually walk out of the parties and we will have to leave early every single time we go anywhere. 
and I would be called a party pooper every single time. And we, I have not had a single guest over to my place since we got married. And I, uh, I know that not, there's nothing wrong with her, but now I know what she is. But my question is, how do we start getting her, not to change, but from being an introvert to an extrovert, but how do we start getting her to actually socialize and, 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 and actually have friends who we can rely on, trust on, or whatever it is for, for any kind of reason, especially now we have a son, so we have to start thinking about him and start making friends for playdates or whatever it is. And so I'm trying to see what we can do to actually make her more socialized or something like that. Well, let's uh, see if we can find an answer for you. Yeah, the introvert-extrovert relationship requires a huge amount of discussion and compromise, I think. You know, as far as giving parties, for example, I prefer giving parties because to going to parties because, again, I'm in control of my airspace. I can also stay busy, so I don't necessarily have to do a lot of chit-chat. You know, you get a little chit-chat, you run away. You don't have to interact when you have to fill up the canopy tray exactly. or whatever. Exactly. And, you know, every, everybody's responsible for their own good time, and I'm happy to see everybody. But it's a, I find the pressure of being a guest a little harder than the pressure of being a host. The other thing I think is that it helps to have activities when you're – make you know trying to forge new friendships as opposed to let's just go out and sit around and because then that puts again the strain on the introvert for chit chat because in the early stage of the stages of a friendship it's a lot of chit chat and you got you got to put in the hours that's what makes friends is that you have to put the time in but if you're going to a museum or if you're going to a street fair or if you're going to a kid's birthday party it gives some structure and i to, to my mind, it makes it a lot easier than just trying to, you know, make dates with other couples and, you know, have dinnertime conversation. That That's a lot of stress and it's a lot of attention on the inter- introvert. So I think if you start with activities with perhaps with other parents where you take your kids together to an amusement park or something like that, then your wife can sort of check out in her head. There's enough going on that there's not a lot of pressure on her and she can sort of go to her happy place in her head when she needs to as opposed to always being on. It's nice, I guess, that Casey um, recognizes this and isn't trying to change her, but to sort of accommodate that. I would imagine there are cases where people, you know, get to that point where they say, what's wrong with you on both sides? Maybe an introvert says that to an extrovert. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things we we hope to accomplish talking about introversion is that is that is making it open. You know, parties are always a, a, a point of contention. Introverts feel much more comfortable if they know they can escape the party. And so, you know, if need be, bring two cars or, or um, you know, if you're in a place where there's public transportation, better yet. But really, it's, it's a compromise at all times. 1-800-933-5372 is our telephone number. Let's go next on the phone to, um, I believe it's Tlenem in uh, DeSoto. Hi, Tlenem. Uh, you may be talking, wanting to talk to Glenn. I'm not sure. Oh, Glenn. I'm sorry. I had uh, I, I had a different. Uh, yes. Hi, Glenn uh, in DeSoto. Go right ahead. DeSoto, they gave you the hint. Anyway, I've been loving this conversation and laughing and smiling out, laughing out loud because I'm finding myself in the middle of it uh, at every turn. But uh, I was wondering what's the thought of the Myers-Briggs personality inventory because uh, that was the first time I got a hint really sort of any kind of validation uh, about my introversion because I was a teacher and uh, so many instances where I was uh, sort of called upon to be an extrovert and was not. So uh, I was curious about that. And then the other thing is 
I've also got ADD, so I was interested maybe in, I think she said something earlier about the connection between ADD and introversion. Thanks for your call. I don't think um, I mentioned a connection between ADD and introversion. It was autism we were talking about, I think. I am, interestingly enough, hear from a lot of introverts about ADD, and I wonder if there's any connection. I have taken the Myers-Briggs only recently, and I don't know really. It's a pretty specialized field of knowledge that I I don't think I can comment on intelligently. (laughs) We have uh, an email here from Paul and Terrell who says, Introverts want social privacy. Can you please comment on the word share? If someone says, can I share something with you, I run screaming before I am roped into family drama. Oh, that's funny. Well, introverts can get roped into a lot of drama because they are, we do tend to be really good listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I tend to get cornered by people who want to tell me their life stories very often. How do you get out of that corner if you really don't want to be there? You know, you can always go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a certain, I go to the happy place in my head. I really have to turn off, we were talking in the break about, um, you know, being sensitive to others people and I have to an empathetic I have to turn off my encouraging little noises Mm -hmm. that I make and the comments and you know because I'll get right I'll throw myself deeply into that conversation whether or not I'm interested and I'm learning now to choose and to not bring my a game to every discussion so you know if somebody wants to share something with you you can let them share without necessarily participating you can listen and express sympathy without trying to get in there and become involved with the matter at, at hand. I guess it's a little bit like what you were saying earlier that, you know, people try to convince you that the party will fall apart if you leave. The, the person won't fall apart if you politely say, oh, look, there's Bill over there. I need to do something. Yeah, particularly, frankly, if you're dealing with a real chatterbox with a real motor mouth, they won't really notice, I don't think. They'll, they'll find somebody else to talk to. So yeah, I think I think we think we have to give 100%. And that's a nice quality, I think in introverts because of our one on our, our tendency our preference for one-on-one interactions. We bring our A game when we have the opportunity. Sometimes we find that it's not um, we don't get enough back and we don't need to bring that much to it. 1-800-933-5372 is our telephone number. Let's speak next with Jerry in Dallas. Hello, Jerry. Hello. Yes, it's a very good conversation we're having today. Yes, I am an introvert. I was that before I even knew that was a word for it. Also, I'm an artist. Those two worlds that I've been in have collided. Some while back, years ago, or uh, I was this... Uh, introduced to a fellow who's uh, a critic, art critic, and he's going to write some articles. He said, well, now, Jerry, you've got to get out and be seen. You know, there are places where artists hang, but other people want to meet, be around the artist. But I found it a little disdain in all of that. Who sets the standards anyway? So I present myself as being in that bar, and that's how I handle it. And uh, if I'm into my work, my heart work, it doesn't matter how many people are around me. Actually, I can be in a crowd and be studying that crowd or an individual and be into it. That comes back to the sort of studying the crowd is a sort of special. Is that part of what you see as your gift uh, as an introvert? 
Well, it's certainly one of my pleasures um, sitting within a crowd and being within a, in a little bubble watching the world go by. I, I don't know if it's a strength as much as it's something I enjoy tremendously. I do a lot of that when I travel. I do, you know, people are like, you didn't go here, you didn't go there, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. No, I found a busy park or a square or a sidewalk cafe, and I spent three hours watching this new place go about its business. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like doing that sort of thing. And what he was saying about being an artist and, and being able to ignore everyone around, I think that, you know, if, if you do need to do that sort of networking as an artist, those open studio things where maybe you can just sit and do your thing and, you know, let other people come and go. We are pretty good at creating our own space in our heads when we have to, and it's a skill to develop and use often. Um, What can hosts of any kind, introvert or extrovert, do to ensure that their gatherings are places that are equally as welcoming to introverts as to extroverts? No audience participation. (laughs) Nobody has to join any of the party games. Uh You have a choice. And allowing people, you know, my party tactic tends to be I find someplace where I'm comfortable and I kind of stay put Mm -hmm. and people drift. I call myself a sponge. I just, you know, like an ocean sponge and people drift by and I have my little conversations and that's fine. And it's allowing people to do that without worrying that they're not having fun. I mean, when you throw a party, everybody is responsible for having their own fun. You, You can't make them have fun. But if you see somebody who seems to be just fine sitting quietly, leave them alone. Don't don't insist that they do anything. You know, sometimes I've had parties where I've had a movie playing in one room, and some of the introverts will sort of drift in and watch the movie for a while and take a little break and then drift out, and that's fine too. I think that as long as you allow people to find their own level of comfort, then everybody will have fun. Have you learned new things from writing the column and hearing um, so many people respond to the pieces that you've done about introversion? Oh, my gosh. I learned so much. I learned so much. What's interesting is how many ways there are to be introverted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I wrote a, a blog post about things that are supposedly fun that we don't think are are and mentioned karaoke, which just, I mean, I'd say, I, I don't, I, it makes me a little uncomfortable even watching it. You know? <laughs> it, it's, it almost is, it's like watching a train wreck for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I can't really imagine doing it. And then I heard from an introvert who said, I love doing karaoke, mm-hmm. you know, so, so there's just a million ways of the introverts who can't stand going to parties. I've heard from not so many, but a few introverts who like the telephone. Um, so People will say, well, I'm both introverted and extroverted. And, and of course you are. We're, we're all both to a certain extent. But it's interesting when you hear from a lot of people how many spots on the continuum introverts live on. Um, what do you think about the fact that it seems like celebrity culture is dominated by people, if nothing else, showing only their extrovert side? It's what you have to do. The introvert side doesn't necessarily show you know, mm-hmm. it, they, for example, they'll they'll have to come out when they have a movie to promote. Right. You know, I mean, Julia Roberts is introverted. I think Johnny Depp is pro- pretty introverted. And so we see them when they have to put on their dog and pony show. I'm sitting here, you know, and I'm going to be all over everywhere as much as I possibly can the next couple of months because I have something to sell. And I think that that's what being in the public eye requires. So... Introversion is something you do in 
you can do in your downtime when you're not doing that sort of thing. Have you actually consciously thought, okay, I need to build in some hours to do what I do um, and, and, and recharge outside of all this? Absolutely. I spent the morning sewing mm-hmm. because that's sort of a quiet, even though I really should be working, but I just thought I got a lot coming up. I've got an event tomorrow. I really need to just not do anything I don't want to. And I will do that for the next few months. I'll try to find those spaces. Absolutely. Well, I hope they're successful for you. Thanks. Sophia Dembling's new book is called The Introvert's Way, Living a Quiet Life in a Noisy World. She also writes the Introvert's Corner blog for Psychology Today. Sophia, it's been wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thank you. Today's show was engineered by Alan Roberts. We had Lindsay Connect on the phones today. Christine McConnell produces the podcast. Jeff Whittington is our senior producer. You can learn more about the show, find out about upcoming programs, and download the podcast free at kera.org slash think. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Email those to think at kera.org. Once again, I'm Chris Boyd. Thanks for listening and have a great day.